My name is Mimi Bouchard, and I'm a personal development junkie that is here to help you transform your life so that you can truly tap into your ultimate potential. I'm a meditation teacher and a podcaster, and in this podcast, I am raw, I am real, and I share everything I possibly can to make this journey of self-discovery and transformation easier for you. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. We have Dr. Brandon Crawford here, and we are just chatting off air about all the things he specializes in. This guy apparently just can do it all. <laughs> so I'm really I just excited. Don't sleep. <laughs> Sorry, you just don't sleep. <laughs> yeah. So I can't wait to pick your brain about it all. And, and we are just chatting, like I said, and um, you know, you've had an incredible story. It seems you've, you've really done a lot of self-development in your life and you came from nothing. I want to hear all about that, that journey. So inspiring. We love hearing about that on this show. And then I also want to dive into your work in neurology, in laser therapy, in all of the stuff that I can't pronounce that I was reading about <laughs> on the website. <laughs> so yeah, welcome to the show, Dr. Brandon. And um, yeah, tell us a bit about yourself and your story. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Um, obviously, looking at your that you developed, you know, it's quite amazing. And obviously, I, I agree heavily with what you're doing and love your app. Uh, I've been exploring it and it's quite interesting. It's very, very well done. Okay. So you Thank did a you. good job with that. Uh, but yeah, like you said, you know, I did come from, let's just say, meager beginnings. Um, you know, whenever I said I was going to be a doctor, uh, I even had people in my family that said I was reaching too far. Um, and, you know, really, that can kind of dampen some people and, and really put them down and whatnot. But I learned that if someone tells me I'm not going to do something, I'm probably going to do it. But from an early age, just there was something inborn in me that knew if I could see myself in a position or if I could see myself accomplish a task, I could feel the difference in my body. I could feel a difference in how I would approach the day. I could feel a difference, like even just, you know, visualizing, you know, the type of family I wanted, the type of wife I wanted, the type of kids I wanted, um, and just seeing, because that's me, my core is my family. My family unit is everything, but I've had that vision in my head since I was young. Um, and then seeing, I've always said, I want to change healthcare. Even when I was in high school, that was my mission. I, I told my friends, I'm going to change healthcare. And of course, they're like, whatever, you're crazy, man. You're crazy. Uh, but here we are. We're doing it. Uh, we're changing healthcare. I said, whenever I was going through school, I said, I'm going to have people travel the world to come to my practice. And I could see it. I could visualize it. And to this day, you know, I've, I'm booked out over a year and people come in from Mexico, from Spain, from Australia, from all these different locations. And so <clears throat> a lot of that success, a lot of that is really from, in my opinion, the visualization, because it's not just about visualizing it. It's about feeling it and experiencing it. And your brain starts to make connections. And then that's going to, to help you to actually uh, go out and do those things. And it's quite phenomenal. And again, that's what you're saying is there's this connection between the brain and the body, you know, uh, and the brain is going to generate our reality. And it's it's quite interesting. Once you kind of really understand what's going on, how you can harness that ability and really, you know, go out and, and you know, open a business or help your family or help your own health, you know, whatever it may be. So it's quite interesting. But yeah, you know, we have come a long way. 
my wife is very much my business partner. Uh, and so we've gone through the hard times and uh, we've, you know, been through the struggles, but we kept at it. We have the same mindset. And now here we are, you know, we, we've got the practice. Uh, we started a, a laser company called NeuroSolution. Um, obviously, we're highly influenced by light. Um, we have things called chromophores on every cell in our body, both inside and out. And so the different wavelengths of light can actually influence how our body performs. Um, if we're sitting under fluorescent lights all the time, like I am right now, you know, our, our brain doesn't do that well. I need to get outside, uh, which I will here shortly because I have another, I have a lecture to teach tonight. But if we're constantly outside all the time and our, our body is not receiving adequate light, that can start to drive things like seasonal affective disorder and stuff like that. It starts to affect us mentally, but it also starts to affect us biochemically. And we know that because of vitamin D and things like that, but it, it goes even deeper than that. Um, and so I was always very intrigued by this idea of laser and light therapy. Um, also because I'm, I'm very faith-based and I know that, you know, God created light before he created life. Therefore it must sustain life. Uh, and so we've created uh, a line of lasers that are specific to that. It, it's neurologically based. Uh, we do a lot of laser therapy for the brain, for the, the nervous system. Uh, but then we also have uh, various ways to support organs and various types of all all other types of body functions. So very interesting. And then that's led me down the path of consulting. And that's led me down the path of uh, all these other different ventures. We have brain rehab software that we're developing now. We have all types of FDA clinical trials out at the moment. And it's just, it's been a wild ride and we're nowhere near done. Um, but it, it's been fun. It's been a journey, that's for sure. And like I said, I'm out to change healthcare and we're doing it. And it's going to be interesting mm -hmm. and a lot of fun. So cool and so much to unpack here. You truly have touched on so many different topics that I love. First, obviously, visualization. I am very inspired by your story and I feel the same, you know, with mine. I, I don't think I'd be where I am today without visualization. It really just unlocks the potential in your mind to see bigger, to, you know, experience more inside of you and to feel unlimited. So, you know, what if someone asking you, you know, if someone would ask you, how do you visualize and how did you know that this was going to impact your success? Um, is there a certain strategy you use? Do you have any tips on it? I always like to say, like, feel it in your body. In the meditations that I teach, it's always okay, embody that emotion, that feeling that you want to experience, and just like teach every cell in your body what it feels like to have that abundance, to have that joy, to have that bliss. So do you have any tips on your end on, you know, making visualization more, more effective is my first question. And we can get into yeah. the other ones later. No, absolutely. You know, and I think that we're going to really align uh, right here. But what I always like to tell people is that there was actually a study done um, a long time ago, and they were looking at the biceps muscle. And the study was, um, if someone visualizes doing bicep curl reps versus someone actually doing them versus someone doing nothing, what are the results in the muscle? And what they found was, obviously, in the person that did nothing, uh, didn't have any change. The person that did the bicep curls obviously had an increase in muscle mass. But the person that visualized doing these reps, like really visualizing what you were saying, like actually feeling the arm move, like actually really getting into it, right? They actually had an increase in muscle mass. And so it's a, it's a phenomenal study. And I like to point to it because 
um, you know, it shows that there is a mind-body connection and we can influence the epigenes within our body to actually go and start to, you know, change uh, biochemistry. And it's quite phenomenal. Um, I think where we're going to overlap quite a bit is um, you have to form rituals, right? And I use the term rituals instead of habits uh, because people tend to form a negative connotation with habits, right? But mm. rituals are something that we do on a daily basis that prepares our mind and prepares our body for the day. They need to be done early in the morning because if you wait till late at night, they're not going to get done. And plus, it's too late. The day's already over, right? Um, I also like to combine this meditative thought process with some type of body movement. And I know you do too. Um, yes. So running, walking, stretching, posing. And I say posing because poses are, are real. Um, there's even a Harvard study that shows, you know, you stand in the Superman pose or the Superwoman yes. pose uh, and you, you know, you do it for two minutes, you boost your testosterone by 20%. Um, it, it's quite phenomenal how just having these poses can influence our biochemistry and our neurology. And so having this meditative um, process going on where you're really, you know, visualizing, thinking, doing whatever your process is while your body is also moving or posing in a certain way is highly effective. And you have to develop a ritual around that. So it needs to be consistent. So every day I'm going to wake up at five. Every day I'm going to do this. Every day I'm going to do this. And it's not a matter of, well, I had a really rough day. Uh, I'm going to sleep in or you know, a ritual is a ritual and you're going to wake up and you're going to do it. And what you'll notice is you're going to start to really want to do it, right? Because if you don't, your day is going to be different. Your body's going to be different. Your mind is going to be different. And so once you really get into this practice of moving the body, calming your mind, preparing, the, you know, planning and strategizing and do, getting into that meditative state, uh, whatever that is for you, um, it's much more highly effective if you do that, you develop a ritual and you move your body. Mm. Okay. I want to talk about this deeper with you because obviously, as you know, on superhuman, we have walking meditations, running meditations, cleaning meditations, cooking meditations, like mm -hmm. any type of meditation you could think of. And I, the reason I created these and the way that I came up with such a unique concept is because I felt like I was didn't always have the time to sit down and do my morning meditation. So I started listening to them while doing other things. And I noticed a huge shift too. And I also noticed perhaps a bigger shift because I was visualizing and acting as if, and I was already the person I wanted to be and embodying that energy in my open eyed state. And I have one theory as to why this really works, but I'd love to dive into potentially other reasons why this works for transformation and for feeling a lot better. So my theory is that it's like the Pavlov's dog theory. And it's like, you know, you have the dog and it salivates when you ring the bell because it's been conditioned time and time again, that the bell is associated with salivating. Even if the food isn't there, it's going to salivate when the, when the bell rings. I feel like our bodies are almost the same. Our minds are almost the same. It's like, if you do a walking meditation, every time you're walking to the bus stop and you teach yourself that walking, like subconsciously walking as your best self, as your future self, as the confident, unlimited version of you over time, when you don't, when you walk without the walking meditation, you're going to feel 
the same. And I think that's what makes it so powerful because it's really easy to meditate with your eyes closed and then open up your eyes as the same person you were before. And it's really easy to be who you want to be when you're really focusing on it and you're just sitting down and you're focused on being that person for X amount of time. But I believe the change really happens when you're weaving it into your everyday, quote, mundane activities, because that's where the true change happens. That's where life happens. So that's my theory. I'd love to hear kind of your take, why moving meditation or being in that state of being while living your life and moving your body could be really effective. Right. Well, there, that is a a heavy discussion. And so what I'm going to do is, is navigate it the best I can. Okay. So yes, obviously conditioning is going to be a big part of it. Okay. So being able to condition your body and your mind so that when you're doing a certain task, you can then achieve that same neurochemical status, that same limbic status, that same frontal lobe status, and all of those things uh, is absolutely true. Um, what I will tell people if I'm trying to get them to begin rituals um, of any type, really, um, is I, I want them to attach it to something that they enjoy. Um, and I want them to do that because we will get dopamine surges before we actually get a reward, right? So we get dopamine surges from the journey, from from the journey, not from the actual reward, right? So, and that's why just think about like you're planning a vacation, right? And you, you're getting, you know, all excited and you're looking at all the hotels and you're looking at, you know, all these things. Uh, and then, you know, you're right in the middle of vacation and, and that level of excitement has come down, right? I mean, you're still enjoying yourself. Don't get, don't get me wrong. But that level of, um, you know, the, the planning and the journey, the journey part is really what we, we enjoy. And so, for example, uh, whenever I started this work, I love to run. I just like to run. I, I just do. And so I told myself, you know what? I don't like to sit still. I don't like yoga. I hate yoga because I don't like being still. <laughs> I tried it once. <laughs> and uh, and so what I did is I said, you know what? I know I have to get my mind into this state. Uh, and I love to run. And so I'm going to run and I'm going to get my mind into this state. And now it's like, no, when I'm running, I'm in this state. It just automatically happens because of the conditioning what you're talking about. Right. Mm -hmm. But what I've done is I'm, I've primed my brain so that when I do an activity, boom, the, the circuits just start to fire. And now here's the thing. Why do you enjoy the things that you do? Right. Why do you enjoy cooking? Well, because you get a positive neurochemical experience, right? So that's going to be different for everyone. And so if you're having trouble getting into a ritual or getting into, you know, these good habits, whatever you want to call them, try to attach them to something that you enjoy. Maybe some people enjoy yoga. Fine. Do your meditative state then. Maybe some people enjoy, you know, whatever it is, running or cooking or, you know, all these things that you said. Um, But really, you know, now you're talking about the solidification, right? So what you're going to do by moving while you're trying to do or while you're in this meditative state is you're firing so many different pathways in the brain um, that have to do with reality formation and have to do with gating our limbic system, right? Because here's a scenario. What if, um, let me just give this scenario. Let's say that um, you're married to someone and you've been married to them for a long time and all of a sudden they die tragically, very suddenly. Um, and then everyone starts sending flowers to your house, right? 
Well, now you've developed unrelenting anxiety and you have no idea why, but every morning you go for a walk and on that walk, you, you walk by these flowers and they're the same flowers that were sent to your house uh, after your spouse died. You may not cognitively see them, but subconsciously an area in your brain called the amygdala senses them and goes fire the alarms because last time we had those fires this was a or those flowers this was a very tragic event and so you have this stress response right and so um that whole process can be gated uh by an area called the the medial prefrontal cortex but then also by the vestibular system and the cerebellum and so if you're actively engaged in uh in activity whether it be stretching or running or all these things that were I've said, those are firing into those networks that try and gate that limbic response, right? And so obviously that's a very small snippet of that whole story, but that's the best way I can kind of deliver it to you because our limbic system grades everything. It grades everything as uh, pleasure, um, it grades it as pain or non-noxious, just nothing, right? And so again, if we have these minor stimuli in our environment, uh, yet our limbic system is constantly responding to them for some reason because they're connected to an emotional trauma or something like that from the past, that can turn into anxiety, depression, um, uh, uh, mm -hmm. chronic fatigue, all, all types of things, right? And so being able to then train the mind in the way that you're talking about can heavily influence that limbic system and start to gate it and calm it down. Mm, that makes so much sense it's crazy how our brains are just like sponges and we don't even notice something, but it can still give us a stress response. Um, it's pretty insane. So what kind of things do you recommend people do if they have a heightened emotional response to something? For example, if, you know, a woman listening has body image issues and every time she passes the mirror, she gets this like twinge of like, you know, just, insecurity or not feeling good enough. Um, how would you use visualization and or other therapy and, and modalities to, to help change an old pattern? Right. Well, that scenario that you just discussed is going to be somewhat multifaceted because is that response there because perhaps of a tragic event from the past or perhaps from a parent that constantly you know, brought that to their attention or from an abusive spouse or from, right? So those different scenarios can, can carve out a different treatment approach. Um, and each of those things would be what I would consider a trigger, right? And so that would be trigger mitigation, avoiding uh, scenarios that can trigger that response, right? But also just from a neurological perspective, um, what we know is that there are certain areas in the brain um, that act as a brake pedal and certain areas that act as a gas pedal uh, and being able to identify what area of the brain could be weak. Um, and then there's also an area called the insula or the insular cortex that has to do with um, interoception, how we feel our body, how, what we think, what, how are we feeling and interpreting our emotions and things like that. And so being able to identify these weaknesses uh, within the brain is largely what we do in developmental functional neurology. Um, and oftentimes in that person, um, that you just mentioned, there are some some pretty major um, imbalances, if you will, um, which are, you know, we, we can actually address uh, in various ways. Um, the vagal system is oftentimes dysfunctional. So that's the vagus nerve, uh, but not just the vagus nerve, but the whole vagal system, which has to do with uh, social engagement and safety, 
right? And so that system is oftentimes dysfunctional too. And so through a series of, you know, evaluation and then uh, rehab strategies, we can actually help that individual. Now, if that individual, again, has been traumatized in the past, um, that's going to be, you know, a slightly altered treatment approach. Um, you, you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a combination of trigger mitigation uh, coupled with proper evaluation and uh, strategized care from a developmental functional neurology uh, perspective. Cool. A lot of info, a lot of info there. That's yeah, there's a lot to it. And I I don't think there's just one way also, you know, from my experience talking to a lot of members from the app or friends and family, a lot of people can change in different ways. So I think it, in my opinion, can depend on the person too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I had a, a patient one time that they had a, a really bad car wreck. Uh, they were T-boned. Um, you know, it was a brain injury and that, you know, that's why we were seeing them, but <clears throat> we rehabbed them quite nicely. But then every time they got in the car, their neck would spasm just every time they got in the car. Um, and so I said, you know what, that that's the amygdala. That's that limbic system going last time I was here. It was a traumatic event. So I took them to the car. Uh, and I got a non-noxious stimulus. I just used a tuning fork and I would turn, you know, hit the tuning fork and I would put it on their finger before I got in the car. And I would say, is this painful? They would say, no. I'd say, is this pleasurable? No. I'd say, okay. So it's nothing. Say, okay. Yes. And so we went and got in the car and I would bang the tuning fork and put it in the same spot and then just start, ta- start talking to them about that tragic event. Okay. Tell me what the weather was like that day. Tell me where you were driving. What, what street were you on? How did you feel when the car accident happened? You know, and all those things. And we worked through that a few times. And now when they get in the car, they don't have that response. Right. And so that's, you know, one strategy, um, obviously, you know, using a tuning fork isn't always what we do, but just finding a non-noxious stimulus, uh, and basically desensitizing that nervous system can be highly effective for some people as well. So cool. So what's, before we wrap things up in a few minutes, what is your favorite thing to work on? Like, what is your favorite thing to solve when a patient comes in or your favorite modality to practice? What's something that really, really lights you up in your work specifically? Yeah. Well, my favorite modality is absolutely our laser. I got it right yeah. here my desk. Uh, I like it because when you look at uh, all the things that it does, what I tell people is if there was a medication, a supplement, a surgery that did all of these positive things and very minimal side effects, like literally Harvard research says little to no side effects, everyone and their dog would be using lasers and light therapy. Um, That's how beneficial it is. And then obviously with our, you know, protocols and methods, it it just accelerates healing like crazy. Um, That's amazing. Sorry sorry to interrupt you, but like, tell me more. So you have this device. I've never used light therapy. You sell them on your website. You just like, how do you use it? Where do you point the laser? (laughs) Yeah. Well, it depends on the condition, right? So, uh, you know, if it's obviously if it's brain-based, we have our brain-based protocols and that's our specialty, whether it be an anoxic brain injury, a traumatic brain injury. Um, we do have people that use it. They couple it with meditative practices, right? So even like we'll do neurofeedback. Uh, are you familiar with neurofeedback? Yes. Fantastic. So we can actually entrain a brainwave, uh, which is essentially what you're doing with um, meditative practices. Uh, and while you're entraining that brainwave, we actually have brainwave settings on here. You can actually accelerate or you know help to entrain that brainwave 
uh, in the brain with a laser, and that's been proven. Uh, so we can use it that way. But then I also have people that from anything from, you know, someone was in kidney failure, and now they're not. I have kids that have been in heart failure, and now they're not. I have people with gut dysfunction, and now they're, you know, going to the bathroom every day. I've got people with uh, that fly here that are in debilitating pain syndromes. Uh, and now, you know, I've got an 11-year-old who is um, severely disabled due to pain. He was suicidal. And after working with us for a week, He's out of pain. He's no longer in that state. So wow. you know, that's that's the power. And it's not, yes, our laser is absolutely the best on the market. I have to say that. Uh, but it's also the methods that go behind it, right? And, and that's what we help people with is we have protocols, we have methods, we have a really good community behind our product. We have um, a private Facebook group. We have, um, we're about to start free coaching calls for the laser specifically. We have all types of content. So um, that is absolutely, you know, my favorite modality and it can be used in so many different ways simply because our body is so receptive to light you can really elicit profound changes um using that so that's you know, amazing yeah um as far as like my demographic what i tend to work with the most um honestly pediatric brain injury is my passion um it it absolutely is and I, I can tell you that I 100% am supposed to be doing what I'm doing uh, for these kids. And so whether, you know, they've been kicked in the head by a horse or they drowned or they had cardiac arrest, whatever it may be, that is, you know, largely what we do. Uh, I am yeah. writing a book for pediatric brain injury at the moment. Hopefully we will be done with it by the end of the year. Um, but that is, you know, definitely my passion. Um, neurobehavioral disorders is also another passion of mine. So um, autism, ADHD, dyslexia, learning disorders, those types of things. But then, like you heard me talk about pain. I mean, pain syndromes, people yeah. are suffering out there and we can really help. Um, but I mean, really, you name it. If there's a chronic, uh, challenging neurological, neurological condition, uh, that is what we like to do. <laughs> wow. We are typically the people that you come to after you've been everywhere else and nothing has worked and we figure it out for you. What about skin stuff? Cause I'm now just trying to think like podcast listeners, sorry to make this personal. My mom has had like this really intense, like eczema type thing on her body. And she's been to all of these diff different medical institutes and no one can figure it out. Yeah. So I'm trying to fix this for her. Did, do, yeah. Does your laser help with skin stuff or it's just neurology, uh, like brain stuff? It is not just brain stuff. We absolutely yeah. um, have skin settings. We're actually developing more specifically for the skin right now. Um, so there's a big implication for use of infrared and red light uh, for the skin. We actually have a violet laser coming out um, this year as well. Violet is largely implicated for skin disorders, infections, mm -hmm. even cancers. Um, and so, yes, from a skin perspective, 100% we have you covered. I mean, this thing is cleared for the entire body. And so we use it on the entire body. Uh, absolutely. And yeah, we, we have some people that buy it specifically for the skin. Cool. Well, I'll have to check it out for her. For sure. Amazing. Okay. Well, Dr. Brandon, thank you so much for coming on. I think we'll have to have you on again because I feel like I still have so much I want to talk to you about. <laughs> absolutely. Where can everyone find you and uh, learn more about your businesses and about you, your socials before we end this off? Sure. Uh, so Instagram, I'm at B Crawford DC. Uh, Facebook is Brandon Crawford, or you can follow my uh, practice, which is the Austin Center for Developing Minds. 
my practice website is austincdm.com. So that's Austin, C as in cat, D as in dog, M as in Mary.com. The laser company is www.neuro-solution.com. So there's no S on there. So neuro-solution.com. Uh, I do have a link tree uh, kind of helping to sort all this out. And that's uh, drbrandon.co. So D-R-B-R-A-N-D-O-N.co. And that'll kind of help list out all the things that we do on there. So that's how you can connect with us and yeah, I hope to help some of your audience and, you know, looking forward to coming back for sure. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. It was so lovely meeting you and uh, we'll definitely have to have you on again. Absolutely. Thank you.